you know, this, this actually fits into what I felt the Lord, you know, wants to speak about, you know, here, what we're praying about. Um, and I want to interrupt because, you know, we've got to have a revelation of healing. And especially as this time is approaching and the time that we are now in, we need to have a revelation of this healing. We are not fighting against flesh, but we're fighting against spirits. So when we pray for people, we're not praying, Lord, heal them. It's his will to heal them. We command the spirit of cancer off them. We command the spirit of evil sickness off them. It's the Lord's will to heal all, not partial, but we need this revelation that we're fighting things in the spirit. Yes? So whilst we pray for this, this Patrice, this lad, let's pray the spirit of whatever. What, what's, what's he got? Right, so Father, we come against the spirit to try to shut his body down. We, 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 we command now in the name of Jesus the spirit of death that is trying to shut him down to come off him. And the same for the spirit of cancer to leave bodies now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then what we have to do is believe that our prayers have been heard and acted upon. We've got to believe that. So, Father, I pray now, give us a spirit of belief. Lord, to increase our faith in this. As you bring this revelation to us and on us in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I want to thank you all here because last week I wasn't very well. I was not well. I just, I, I just my body was shutting down and, and I just felt really feverish and flu. And I knew and I know that it's a demonic attack. Because this week I was meant to go down to my mum's, who really needs me. But I couldn't get down because I, was, I didn't want to take what I had down there with me. Just one minute. And then, basically, you know, thank you for your prayers because something broke. Absolutely. You know, it completely broke off me. And within two or three days, I was feeling out of it, you know. And then much improved really, really quickly. But I want to bring a revelation because I want to bring this to you because this is what the talk, this isn't my main talk. Um, but I want to bring something that happened last week on Sunday. Because there I was sitting down and just lying down, or I can't remember. And, and I just was just meditating on the Lord because the Lord was speaking to me. And just so I, I just shut everything down and I was just saying, Lord, what do you want to speak about? And Ian, who was here leading, sent me a, a, a link about Lester Summerall giving his um, um, testimony about how he last met Smith Wigglesworth as a young man. In 1939, Lester Summerall was meant to be sent back to America at the start of the Second World War because he was a foreigner. America weren't in the war then. So he went to Lester, Lester Summerall went to Smith Wigglesworth, where? In Bradford. He's one of ours. And as he was with Lester, uh, with Smith Wigglesworth, um, I ask you, please go and have a look at it on YouTube. Lester Summerall's um, talking about his his end, uh, Smith Wigglesworth's end-time prophecy of this harvest that is coming in. And it's incredible. So what happens is, you know, I'm, I'm sort of meditating on this and looking at this and just saying, Lord, what are you saying to us? And I get it. I get it. And, and, and I want to pass this to you because we're in a fight. Yeah. We have, we're in this fight. And to what is coming to us, yeah. this is why I am preaching what I'm preaching is to prepare 
us for what is coming. We're about to see the biggest revival, the biggest harvest that the church has ever seen. And most of the church don't even know it's coming. But we do, so we have got to be prepared. We have got to be ready because he is the answer to all of these problems. This is why we love him. We come in here together, we worship, we're on the same page. It's because we actually believe in what we're singing. We actually believe in what we're actually saying, that he is our God. He is the Lion of Judah. And it excites me because he gives us the strength. He gives us the power. And it's not about you. It's everything about him. He is our number one. And we are his magnificent obsession. We are. He delights in every one of us in this room. And anybody hearing my voice. But Lester Summer, as he was leaving, it was the last time that he would see uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith Wigglesworth had tears rolling down his eyes as he grabs hold of Lester Summer and starts prophesying on him that his message would go around the world and, and all the rest. And then he goes into a vision. And he starts telling Lester Summerall that about this huge end-time harvest that is coming. So there I am, I've finished looking at it, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm just saying, Lord, what are you saying? And I heard the Lord's voice. He said, look at when he died. So I thought, oh, that's a bit extreme, Lord. <laughs> so I look at Lester Summerall's life when he, when he was born and when he died. Guess when he died? 28th of April. What was the date last Sunday? 28th of April. And Ian gets up here, unbeknown to me, and he says, Smith Wigglesworth is passing a baton to us. Because that prophecy, he said, Smith Wigglesworth said, I won't see this. But there is a generation that will see it. And it's our generation. It's you and me. And this baton has been passed to us. And as I'm getting this, I get a ting on my phone. Again, and I thought, oh, right. And it's, it's, it's Neville, Neville Johnson. And he says, uh, are you home? I'm thinking, yeah. It's a bit of a strange question. So I go, yeah, I'm home. And he goes, oh, um, I'll ring you tomorrow. I go, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, you know, it's a bit of a story, this. So strangely, he then texts me. And it turns out that he sent the text to the wrong person. It was meant to be to Mark, his son, who was in New Zealand and was traveling back. So he goes, all right, then I'll, I'll, I'll give Andy a ring. That night I have a dream. I have this dream. And, and, and in the dream, I'm in this big warehouse. What are warehouses? Storehouses. <laughs> Ding. Right, storehouses. But it was dirty. It was dirty and I had, I can't say it any other way, it just had human rubbish, ex ex crap. Just had human crap all over it. And, and it was huge. I mean, I'm thinking that's come out of a giant in the dream. And so I say to a guy, I say to a cleaner there, I said, listen, to a young chap, I said, listen, can you just tidy this up? And he goes, yeah, of course I can. So he gets a little shovel out and sweeps and shovels it all out. And, and he sweeps up the, the thing. And in the dream, I remember thinking, I remember saying to this guy, oh, I'm, I'm having a phone call from Neville tomorrow. In the actual dream, I'm saying this. And then it, I, I sort of like come out of myself. And I, in my real time, I'm thinking, well, actually, yes, I am having a call from Neville tomorrow. And then I go back into it, and, and all the warehouse has been swept clean. So what is, who's, who's the cleaner? An angel. Holy Spirit, angel. It's cleaning up human rubbish for what is coming into the storehouse. Do you understand this? Right? 
So it doesn't finish there. So I'm then coming out of this dream, and then I say to Heidi, oh, Neville's going to ring us. I knew he was, you know. Anyway, we come to time, and Neville rings. And then Neville starts telling us, I haven't told him any of this, he starts telling us about Lester Summerall coming to him in an encounter. So a, lot, a, lot, a long time ago. And Lester Summerall would say, was saying, was saying to, to Neville, you know, I'm passing the baton on to you. And then he tells us another encounter he had with who? Smith Wigglesworth. And he says, Smith Wigglesworth came to me about the same time. And he said, I'm passing the baton of revival to you. So I then say to, to Neville, I said, Neville, you, you won't believe this, but this is what's been happening. And, I, you know, and, and, and then we went into you know, a lot of conversation about it. And then Neville starts telling me about the Lord coming to him just a few days before the phone call and starts speaking to him and teaching him all about Psalm 23. The lights go in my head, go, the, you know, bing, 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 because he died in, two, Lester Summerall died on the 28th of April in 1996. How many years ago was that? 23 years ago. 23 years ago. You can't make this up. This is all happening on the day that Lester Summerall died, on the 28th of April, 1996. We're now living that 23 years ago. And 23 years, Psalm 23. The Lord shall lead me to, you know. So I'm saying to Neville, Neville, you've got to get this message out. This is a now time message. And, yeah, and, 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 and so I, I then sent Neville. He said, can you write all this down? So I write it all down and I give him a private, you know, what I feel the Lord is saying to him and to us. But it's our time. You know, so Father, release the funds. Release the funds in Jesus' name. Good Lord, because we need those funds to come in now. Neville needs these funds. Because Lester Summerall, he was the first evangelist to go on national TV that went around the world. Do you get it? He's the first, and he's passing the baton to Neville to take this message on a satellite right around the world. So what I am doing now, what I'm preaching now, is to get you ready for this. Does that make sense? I don't want to be patronizing, but I want you to know what the Lord is saying in this to us, especially in the way that we started praying today. It wasn't wrong. It's good prayer, and it's great prayer that we need to be praying for this. But do you know what we need? We need the power. Do you, I really want to get this home to us. We need the power. It's an external force that comes on us. Just like when you... When you're baptized, you know, you, you, you're fully immersed and you come up. You know, that's in the swimming pool. You know, you're fully immersed. But, but we, we, don't, we didn't receive the power then, did we? And this is what I want to talk about because we need to do it because there's a battle going on in you and me. Guess what that battle is? And it's going to be sort of like all around the place, this talk. But guess where the battle is going on? Inside of you. Paul says that we battle against our flesh. Our flesh is an enemy to the spirit. And we need to get our spirit man alive and kicking. And I know that Neville's brought out some teaching on this, on the word for the week. But I, I won't listen to it. You know, and I'm not being proud or anything like that. Because I want to hear the spirit myself. And if I'm wrong, then I'll, I'll say, please forgive me, I'm wrong in this. But I want to hear it for myself. And then I'll, I'll listen to it after I've given this message. Because this will come in two parts. But I want to address a few things in this. Because... But we want the power, but we don't know the cost. The cost of what it's going to cost us to get this. But you know what? 
The more I go on in this, the, re- the, the more I realize there's no me in it. The Lord has killed that off in me. Thank the Lord he has. Because had this power come to me and Heidi back in 2000 and whenever, say 2008, 2012, had this come to us, we wouldn't have been able to cope. Our pride, our flesh would have taken over and we would have started operating out of the flesh, not out of the spirit. Because God, as I've told you before, God was dealing with my character and it's been a tough, tough place. You try going through a wilderness where the Lord starts speaking to you back in 2003 and you're still living in 2019 and see not a lot of it. But I know this is coming. It's in me. It's completely in me and sealed in me. And I know it's coming. And I believe we're on the cusp of that wave now, happening and breaking out in in bushfire. Because I now know it's not anything about me. It's all about what the Lord wants to do through me and through you. Because, you know, we're all given gifts, but I don't want just the gifts. Because they're gifts, you know, I, I don't know, I can't earn any of this. I'm just saying, here I am, Lord, mate, I'm available. Here I am, Lord, pour out your fire. Baptism of fire on us. That will burn all the crap out of us. But we've got to be spirit-focused. Because the world out there doesn't like us. And if we're operating out of our feelings, then we will crumble. We won't survive us. So we've got to be operating out of our spirit. It says in Romans 8, verse 1, Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You've got to be in Christ. You can't be outside of it. You've got to be in it. You've got to be in him. He has got to be your number one in your life. He is my number one. He is my number one. He's, he's, a, he's higher than Heidi. You know, when I stand before the Lord, I'm saying, come, come with me, darling. I need you. No, I'm going to stand before the Lord in my own self. He is my number one. He's got to be but he gives me the capacity to love more. Do you understand that? So he gave me the capacity when I needed it. I didn't know love as I grew up. I knew nothing about love. I never felt loved. But when I meet Heidi, who loved me, but then I know he loves me more because when he saturates me with his love, it enables me to love my wife more, to love you more. So folks, it says that We are in Christ. He is in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirits. And too many of us are walking in the flesh. It's all about me. When we should be walking in the spirits, even when we sing, you know, I'm going to challenge you in this. Worshippers, I want you to, before you come up, Lord, empty me of everything. And Holy Spirit, you now speak to my spirit, man. Direct me where you want me to go. Not where I feel we need to go, but I want to know where you want me to go. So it's amazing how many people have have talked about healing. Because we're talking about a new man. We're not living in condemnation. You know, when, when I came to the Lord, everything lifted off me. Every bit of guilt, every bit of whatever on, on this earth just lifted off me. And I am free. I am so free that none of this holds me back from my future because it's been dealt with at the cross. See, here's a revelation. The blood is poured out as a consequence of your sin. But, or the, your, it is poured out to forgive you for your sin. His body took the condemnation of the causes of that sin, of the consequences of that sin. Do you understand me? So we should be completely illness-free. Completely. 
But I tell you what, there is something so much greater. It's when the power comes on us. When the power from heaven. And this is what we should be praying for. Lord, just burn out the rubbish in me. Get ready because you're going to come and reside in me. I am this mighty storehouse. We are your tabernacle, Lord. So come and empty all the human rubbish that has been dumped on me. And it may not be your cause. But it could be your cause. If you've got unforgiveness, wow, that opens up doors. Because we're not walking in things of the flesh, but we're coming against things of the spirit. So sickness is something of the spirit realm. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. As it is in heaven, you've got to see from that spirit realm into heaven, is there any illness? No. Is there any sickness? No. Is there any demonic influence on you? No. So in Psalm 23, it says that he lifts me above my enemies and anoints my head with oil and it overflows. This is what's coming to us. We are, there isn't any enemies in heaven, but we've got to see ourselves in heaven. Because the Lord wants to anoint you, Phil. Wants to anoint you, Julie. Wants to anoint each and every one of us and lift us above our circumstances and let his anointing flow over us. And it flows over us and it fills us and then it flows out to others that need it. This is us. This is what we must be doing. Galatians 5, verse 16. It says we've got to walk in the Spirit. I say then, walk in the Spirit, so you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit, ha, oh, it won't touch us. The lusts of the flesh won't touch us. How many people have done something this week and going, oh Lord, I wish I'd never done that? How many of us had that thought that we thought, oh, I wish I'd never thought that? That's because the Spirit has been overridden by your flesh. Just today I'm driving. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm driving down here to come to church. I'm just being a bit transparent. And this guy comes charging up the road where there's no room and expects me to stop whereas I'm coming around the corner. I can't see through cars. I'm good, but I'm not that good. And he starts having a go at me. So I just... Are you speaking to me? Roll down your window. I want to talk to you. And I, and I could feel this thing go, <laughs> I'm ready for, conf- you know, and I'm thinking, no. I said, just can you reverse back a bit because I've got no room here. I can't see around corners. And he is giving me grief. He is swearing at me, but he won't wind down his window. And I say, roll down your window and say it to me. And I'm going, oh, forget it. I'm, 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 I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm meant to be going to church. So I just said, so... Yeah, that's it. Because I can't move. I couldn't move. So he reluctantly reverses. And I gave him a nice little wave. And I said, Lord, let the spirit man in my rise in me. I don't want to live in the flesh. I want to live in the spirit. And Lord, I bless this guy. Even though inside of me, my flesh is screaming to get out of the car and road rage to start happening. But my spirit has to come and overwhelm my flesh. Do you see what I mean? So here we are, Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit. There's the word, if. We live in the Spirit. 
then we will walk in the Spirit. I know some of you are having experiences walking in that spirit realm. Why? Because we're focused on living in that spirit realm. When that spirit realm becomes more real up here than this does, then guess what? We'll walk in it. And all you, I'm going to show you over these next couple of talks I'm going to do, how to walk in this. How to walk in this. We're the spirit man that is in you. It's the very DNA. As Paul Key say, it's the sperma. That's the Greek word. It's the sperma of Christ in you. That's the spirit. It's the seed of Jesus in us. It's our DNA. This is our right. Because we're no longer the old man. We are the new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we've got to walk in that spirit. We've got to see in that spirit. I see things. I feel things. I smell things. That might sound strange to you, but I do. I really do. You know, I mean, oh, I can't, yeah, anyway. So 1 Peter 4, verse 6. For this reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead. So get your head around that. So that they might be judged according to, so, they, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body. But live according to God in regard of the spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it basically says this. If we live in the spirit, we've got direct, direct line straight through to the throne of God. Because he is in the spirit. So if we live in God who is in the spirit, we're connected. We become one. Isn't, don't you want to be one with the Lord? Don't you be one, want to be one with God? So live in the spirit, not according to the flesh. And the biggest battle in church that we're facing at the moment is our soul. We're living out of our soul, which is our will, our mind, and our emotions. And I'm telling you, we've got to get rid of all of that. We've got to get rid of it because this is one of the high places in churches, is our feelings. This is our feelings. And therefore, we can only listen to the Word of God through our feelings. It's how it makes us feel. And the way I said, you know, so we associate truth with how it makes us feel. He is the truth. But the church isn't ready to hear the truth. They aren't ready to hear the, the, the high standards that we're called to, to live in because we're in Christ and he is in us and the Holy Spirit is in us. So it says our life choices directly reflect the revelation we have of God. Our life choices reflect the very revelation that we have of God. So the choices that we make will show us and others and the Lord where we live and our revelation of Jesus. If you're living under condemnation, what's the revelation of the cross? He's dealt with all condemnation. I'm a new man. The old has gone, the new has come. I'm a new person. But if you're living in condemnation, oh, I'm living in illness. This is what, you know, no, that is from the devil. That's a lie from Satan who is trying to, to, to eat your flesh. Psalm 27. But guess what the word says? And the word is our life. It gives life to those that find it and health to all our flesh. And it's this. He or they will stumble and fall. When evil men come against you to devour your flesh, they shall stumble and fall. If you are living in the Spirit. If you are up there saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to live in that revelation that you came, you dealt with my sin, 
but now the consequences of my sin, which is sickness and illness, you did it on the, on the cross. By his stripes, we are healed. Right. Not, not if, you know, it's not a thing in the future, it's now. It's in the past. You were healed, as Peter says. So, we must live according to our spirits that are in us and not according to our feelings. We've got, our feelings have got nothing to do with it. Yet the Lord can touch our feelings. The Lord, and this is when this, we're living in the spirit, then our feelings and our soul is being sanctified. When the spirit person in you starts taking over your soul, and the Lord can give you compassion, he can give you love, he'll give you a joy and a peace like you've never, ever known before. He'll give you a gentleness as you talk to people. He will give, raise up that faithfulness in you. And the kindness and the goodness that we don't see a lot of in church. I don't see, I mean, not, not you guys. I love you guys. And, uh, but I don't see a lot of compassion in the church. I don't see a lot of gentleness. I don't see a lot of kindness. We do good things, but I don't feel these kindness and goodness. And, you know. So, but we've got three problems here. Because we're made in God's image. We also have the DNA of God and the spirit form in us. And the spirit man in us needs to be fed and watered. We need to water and feed that spirit man in us. But we've got three problems. Sin, unbelief, and our souls. If we're in sin, it stops us walking in the spirit. I'm talking about, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, if we confess our sins. If you've confessed your sins, it's forgotten. But if you've got sin in your life and it isn't being dealt with, you can't walk in the spirit. It will, it will shut you down. And I'm going, Lord, oh, show me, Lord. Show me if there's anything in me. Show me, Lord, if there's anything in me because I want to be walking in your realm. I want to be walking in your spirit. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm really good at beating myself up. Really good at it. Yeah, um, Heidi's much better at me than that. But we need to learn how to operate out of our spirit, man, and let it grow. And Jesus is our example. Do you know, it takes years for you to develop. Yes? It takes years to, to from, from a little baby to a grown man. It takes years. And some of us don't stop growing in the wrong way. But in the spirit, you can grow very quickly. Very, very, very quickly. Can I show you? Because Jesus is our example, isn't he? How you can grow very quickly in the spirit. When you get the revelation of living out of the spirit and not out of your flesh. In Luke 2, 25, Jesus, it says, you know, it's in Luke 2, it's, it's talking about the birth of Jesus, the birth of Christ. And it says in Luke 2, 52, so the birth of Christ is from 4 to 7. We're in verse 52. It's not many verses down the line. It's not even another chapter. But look what it says. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and with man. So here we have Jesus who has just been born and he's growing up with such wisdom and maturity and he's got favor within God's eyes and favor with man. And he's still a boy. I bet you he probably wasn't more than four years old. But look what happens. Can you remember when Jesus got lost in the temple or they left him behind at the temple and they were on their way back and they, Mary says to, to, to uh, um, Joseph, says, you know, where's our son? And... Uh, he says, well, I thought he was with you. Or was he with the other children? And they look for him. They can't find him. They think, oh, the worst, that's the worst thing that could happen to a parent. 
when you've forgotten your child and left them behind. Heidi did that. Where's Joshua when he's a baby? Left him. No, she didn't. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. But can you imagine them? <gasps> Where's my boy? And we know that he was 12 years old. So they run back to the temple and look what they find. Verse, Luke 2, verse 46 and 47. So now it was that after three days, there it's prophetic, we're in the third day, they found him in the temple. Again, it's prophetic, folks. We are the tabernacle. We're in the third day. They found him in the temple, sitting amongst the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And he's 12 years old. Why? Why? Because he operated out of his spirit more than he operated out of his flesh. Out of his flesh. Do you, do you understand this? Is this? I'm looking at some very puzzled faces. Is this sinking in? So, when we get born again, we receive the very nature of Christ. The very nature. So what is the nature of Christ? Well, it's the fruits of the Spirit. If we've got to live in the Spirit realm, it's the fruits of the Spirit that we've got to be living in, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and being of good self-control. Andy, as you meet somebody coming up the wrong way on the road, you've got to be self-controlled. Not live out of that flesh. Live out of that Spirit. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Even though you cut me up, I forgive you. Lord, forgive me. You know, it's the same spirit. And we look at this in Romans 8, verse 11. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Get the revelation of that. Suck it in. If we have the spirit, there's nothing that can touch our mortal bodies. We've got to have the Spirit in us and operate out of that Spirit because it's life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And we've got to believe it. That's what the church doesn't believe. We have got to believe that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can resurrect your mortal body. So we can't have any sickness on us. So when I had the sickness and you guys prayed for me, guess what? Heidi said, we've been praying for you. Guess what? I felt better. I felt better. That would knock me out for two, three weeks. But I rebuked it. I'm not having this on my body. And guess what? It's not yours. It's the enemy's. Look at 1 John. It says the reason that Jesus came was to defeat the works of the enemy. So you start living out that spirit. I speak to that spirit now. I command now, give life to my mortal body. And you won't have flu. You won't have a cold. You won't, because it's not right. It's not something through the air. It is, but it's demonic. It's demonic. Oh. But we need to be clothed in three things. We need to be clothed in three things. We need, number one, to be clothed in love. We need to be love. Love. The other things we need, we need the power. We need to be clothed, endured with power from on high. Right? That's external. I'm going to prove that to you. It's an external force. And we need to be self-disciplined. We need to have self-discipline. One of the hardest things. That's where the battle of the soul is. Oh, you ask me. 
this week how my prayer life has been. <gasps> Dreadful. Dreadful. Because why? It's, it's a battle of the soul. Six o'clock, oh, I've got to go upstairs. Oh, I really had to do this. Oh, oh. And it's been because it's been of soul. You know, I, I want to live out of the spirit. I want to be bounding up those stairs. I'm being honest with you. It's tough. You know, it's tough. I mean, I, I've been bombarded with stuff this week. But it's very frustrating to love someone like your niece. It's do you know how frustrating it is to me when, you know, I, I have anointing to heal the sick? And I have to casting out demons. I don't worry about what the devil's doing. You know, because I've got authority over him. You could bring anybody in. Oh, well, unless, you know, and they, and that devil's got to go. The devil has to go. Because we have the authority to cast out demons. So why do we live in it? Why do we live in this? Oh, the devil's having... Kick him out! Kick him out! Get aggressive! Get aggressive! Kick him out! The devil's been trying to tell me all this week, you're going to die of cancer. 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 All week. It's like drip, drip. And I say, get away from me, devil. Get away from me. Get away from me. I'm going to live out the spirit. I'm not going to get engaged in this in the flesh. I'm going to live out in the spirit because the spirit gives life to my mortal body. So I start pouring the scriptures. Lord, it says that you forget not the benefits of the Lord who forgives our iniquity and heals our diseases. So when the, when the devil is whispering that, no, Lord, you give life to my mortal body. I shut him off and I start living what he has commanded me to live. So why are we living under all this flipping oppression? Of course the devil wants to kill you. Even more so as we see this day approaching. He wants to kill you. Get used to it. Yeah, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have strife at work. You're going to have all of this. But if you're in Christ and he is in you, you can't touch your mortal body. He anoints, he anoints your head with oil in the presence of your enemy. Look at the rise and shine for the light has come. The Gentiles are going to come to this light that is on you and in you when you operate out of the spirit realm. In Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, listen. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You've got to have faith for this. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses any knowledge, and that gnosis, that knowledge is gnosis, it's the knowledge of man. It's not the epinosis of knowledge of the spirit. It's gnosis, knowledge of man. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. <gasps> all of it. All of it. Goodness. Why? Oh, I want all of it. I want all, everything of you, Lord. I want all of it because I'm greedy. I want all of it. These are th Read the scriptures. He wants you to have all of it. Not a partial, but all of it. We, we, need, we need the power, don't we? we? We need the power. It says in Luke 24, he's speaking to his disciples. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay into the, in the city until you have been clothed with from on high. This is one of the last times his disciples would see him. And then we know that 50 days, 40 days later, wow, we know what happens. You know, these guys were hiding. 120 were just, oh, he's gone. It's all. But look what happens. 
In Acts 2, verse 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. Suddenly, a, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heavens and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what they seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, coming to rest, not leave, not strike them and go back, but to rest on them. It's the infilling, it's the baptism of fire from the Holy Spirit that rests on you. Rests on you. And then it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, we've got to be immersed in the power of God. It's like having, you know, baptism a bit like this. The water baptism is where you get a glass of water and you drink it and it's in you. Okay, that's, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the fire of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, is when you dive into a swimming pool that's external, it's all around you. That's a really bad example to use, but it's only when you're completely immersed in something that isn't part of you. It's external. This is what was coming to us. This is where we're headed. This is what's coming on each and every one of us. The flames of fire will rest on you. Not leave you, but rest on you. Oh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. You know the three things I said? Love, power, self-discipline. Well, here it is. 2 Timothy 1 7. For the Spirit of God gave us, gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline. And we, you know, we know a person by two things, don't we? Who they are, that's their character. You know, and we can say, well, we like their character. We don't like their character. But we, we, and we also say, well, what's our first question when we, see, when we meet somebody? Well, our first thing is we make an opinion. I like this person or I'd like to get to know this person or whatever. We make an opinion about their character. But do you know what? What's the first question that, that you ask them? What do you do? What do you do for a living? So it's about their abilities. You see what I mean? So when I want people to see me, I want them to see Jesus in me. I want to see them to see the character of Jesus in me that releases the power to heal anything that stands in, in before the Lord. It's coming. Nothing is going to stand against us. Not even death. We are going to raise the dead. Like that's going to be normal in church. I'm telling you, this is coming. We are born again. And we have the same spirit that is in Jesus in us. And we have to have his love. We have to have his character. And if we have his character and we have his love, we'll have his power. If we have his character. Let me say that again to you. If we have the character. What is the character? Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If we have his character, we'll have his love. And if we have his love, we have the power. It's coming to us. That's what we've been praying. That's what I've been praying for. Lord, immerse us in power. Immerse us. Come and rest on us. This is the greater works that John 14, 12 is talking about. Even greater works that you will do than I. Why? So he can trust us. Are we operating out of our souls? Because if we're operating out of our souls, he can't trust us. We've got to be operating out of the Spirit where he can trust us. And Jesus... Jesus didn't need to be born again, did he? 
He didn't need to be saved. He was sent as light into this world, which is so dark. He didn't need to be saved. But I'll tell you what, he had to receive the power. He still had to receive the power. And how did he receive it? Look at this. So we've looked at Acts 2 verse 1, when the Spirit of God rests on them, the Holy Spirit of fire. But look at Acts 5 verse 12 to 16. And I'm prophesying on you today that this is coming. And so much more. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them. Why? Because they feared they're alive. Oh my word, have you seen what's on them? It could kill you. If you go near them, it'll kill you. They had the fear of the Lord. They had the fear of the Lord on them. No one dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the street and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow, and that word shadow is literally covering. It's the Holy Spirit of fire covering Peter. And look what happens. Even the shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick, listen to me, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them were healed. All of them. How would you like to start praying for the sick and seeing them all recover? How would you like to go into a hospital and see somebody tanked up with no brain image or no nothing and say, in the spirit of the living God, I come in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, you lying spirit, get off them. And boom, their hearts go, the blood goes, the brain activates, the race from the dead is coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're on track. We're on track. It's been handed to us. The baton has been passed to us and we've got to run well. You've got to wait for that baton, and you go, go. You start sprinting. You don't take the baton and go, oh, all right, then I better run. Before you get that baton in the hand, you, before you've got it in your hand, you've got to sprint. And it's all got to be done within a certain distance. If you're not sprinting, in other words, if you're not getting this, if you're not prepared to start sprinting before you've got it in your hand, it's not going to reach you. You're not going to finish the race. You've got to get that baton before it slapping into your hands and run it. And we're going to finish this race better than it was started. What, what the disciples had, I don't want. Because there's so much more. We're going to have the power of the age to come. This is the power of the age to come. Where you just have to speak something and it will be created. Can you imagine that? Oh. Baptism of fire, that's what they experienced. A baptism of fire in that upper room. I want you to spend your time saying, Lord, come and baptize me in your fire. Come and baptize us in your fire, Father. Oh, don't you want to hear that violent wind? Wouldn't it be when you want to hear, keep your wigs on your head and, you know, and your hair's getting ruffled and then the fire comes and you're frightened and the, the earth starts shaking and then the fire of God comes on you? And you're never the same again. Look at Peter. He denied the Lord three times. He was in the upper room. Getting, he had the fear of men. When the fire took him, he had the fear of God on him. 
I want to speak to you about something. Because we're looking at the power of the age to come, but there were some people who have gone before us. And I want you to listen to their testimonies. I mean, I've, I've been on this road. I have read the books. I have got hold of so many hours of videos back in 2003, and it never left me. I did all the study. I studied men and women who had the power of the age to come on their lives. And I'm, I, I don't see it today. I don't see it today in church. And it's frustrating. But guess what? We can get it. We can get it and be the answer to a lot of the problems in the world when we get the power of the Holy Spirit that is external. But all we've got to do is be hungry. Alexandra Dowie. Anybody heard of Alexandra Dowie? A few of you. Right? How many people have studied her? How many people have studied, you know, um, I mean, I, I went back into some notes of uh, it, and I just jotted a few down. Do you know he was a Scotsman? Alexandra Dowie was born in Scotland. You know, and when he was in Scotland, his parents immigrated to Adelaide in Australia, and then he came back when he grew up, he came back to the, the University of Edinburgh, and he had a guy called Irving, a spiritual leader called Irving, <coughs> that taught him that was so controversial that many churches kicked him out and kicked out Alexandra Dowie. And the, this was the revelation that the, the spirit of God, the healing and all the things that are on the disciples were available for, for them today. But it required one thing, holiness. Live a holy life. Live a holy life. And he got the revelation of healing. How did he get the revelation of healing? Well, he went back to Australia. He became a, a pastor in a church. Um, and he found that a lot of his church people were becoming ill, really ill, with some sort of plague. And it was killing them. And he just heard the voice of God saying to him, heal them. Heal them. And he had the revelation of healing in his life. And not one person from that moment on in his church died. And then we see Alexander Dowie going to America, to Chicago, and they took him to court. They tried to take the, the, the medical people, the, the police, the authorities, because you couldn't operate if you had some sort of um, medical certificate or you were operating as a doctor. You needed to get a license. And they called him, you know, a doctor. And he says, no, this is not of me. This is God in me. You know, and... And he spent, in three years, more time in prison than he was out of prison because he refused to pay the fine. Refused. But hundreds of thousands of people were being healed in what he built a city called Zion City. Zion. Zion. Zion, the city of Zion. That was just outside Chicago. And then he went into, he went into a downfall. Real bad downfall where he started preaching that he was the spirit of Elijah restored. Even used to sign, they used to sign documents, Elijah restored. And that ended it. But before that, he had a guy called John G. Lake come to him. Oh, by the way, he died quite early. He died when he was 47 years old. 47 years old. You know, he died early. But then John G. Lake was bringing, he was in Canada, born in Canada, was bringing his six siblings. There were something, there was 12 siblings and six of them had died already when they were young. And he had two brothers that were dying. So he brings them to a John, uh, uh, William, uh, Alexandra Dowie meeting and they're instantly, instantly healed. Instantly healed. 
he gets back and he finds that his wife is dying. So he sends a telegram to Alexander Dowie. You know, what do I do? And he comes straight back with a, with a telegram. Do not despair. I am praying. She will live and not die. And at that moment, she got out of the sickbed. <sighs> Don't you want that? When we pray for your niece, pray for the French lad, our prayers, boom, instantly they're healed. That's what we should be expecting, that she is now healed. He is now healed. That's what we've got to expect. What we, can I show you what we do at church? We chuck our arrows and hope they hit. Oh, I hope this hits. If you believe, these things will accompany you. It's going to hit us. So Alexandra Dowie, 16 siblings, eight of them died. He goes back, his wife is healed. It sends him on this thing. He goes and joins uh, uh, Dowie in Zion City. And uh, he then goes to Africa. And he's preaching, and he's preaching, and he's preaching about Jesus being the rock. But people were coming to Alexander, to uh, John G. Lake, and were getting instantly, miraculously healed. But most of his staff that accompanied him from America had died, mostly out of malnutrition and overwork. He even buried his own wife in Africa. But he was so tired of people coming to him. He was preaching about Jesus being the rock. And he went to a rock and he said, let the anointing be on this rock. And for weeks and months, anybody that touched that rock were instantly healed. Instantly healed. This isn't just partial. This is instantly. They had the plague run riot in South Africa. In fact, no, sorry, he came back to uh, America in uh, Spokane, Washington. And he was operating out of there. And they, they examined plague that was put on his hand under a microscope. And when he would put the plague on his hand, it disappeared. Because it can't live in light. It's darkness. And the light will overtake the darkness. And they called Spokane. Listen to me. They called Spokane in the national papers in America the most healthiest city in America. Because every week they would see over a million people, over a few years, they would see each week People that were cripples on a, on, a, on a big, big truck saying cripples. And all their wheelchairs and all their stuff was on there and they were walking around healed. Cancer, healed. All of this was completely healed. I want to see Sheffield, the healthiest city right. in the UK and Europe. Why not? Why not? Come on, folks. Why not? If you believe, these signs will accompany you. If you believe. We've got to start. I've already connected there in the Spirit. I'm there in the Spirit. Lord, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, Lord. I'm in the Spirit. I'm with you. I'm in the Spirit now because I see this. I see it. And it's first activated there because Spirit of God is in me. And I've got to direct. It's actually, do you follow me? So as I see it, I'm saying it. As I say it, I'm walking it. As I'm walking it, I'm going to become it. Because what is activated in the spirit will be activated in the flesh. Do you follow me? So we should be saying, Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. It's all about you. And then William Branham. William Branham. What, what an amazing man William Branham was. Things were happening to William Branham. He was a poor, poor, poor pastor in, in Idaho. 
Indiana, Idaho. And, and he was so dirt poor. You know what his payment was? He was a Baptist preacher. People used to leave squirrels on his front door as food because that, that was their tithe to him. He was dirt, dirt poor. But he was seeing things in the spirit realm and he thought he was going mad. And he went, we went to all of his pastor friends and they said, you need to get these demons out of you. And William Branham's, go, William Branham's go, but hang on a sec, I love the Lord too much. I don't want anything in me that isn't of him. So he, he, they say he went to a cabin, but he actually went to a cave. And he was a forest ranger. That was one of his jobs. He had three jobs. <coughs> but one of his jobs, he was a forest ranger. And they said that nobody would have found him. Do you know what he did? He went to his wife. He put the, the Bible on, on, on the table. He said, if I do not come back, give this to my son. He emptied all of his pockets full of money and he put it on the table and says, that's all I've got and I give to you. But if I don't get my answer from God, then I'm not coming back. <gasps> wow. Have we got that commitment? Have we got that? So he put himself in a place where he said that they, were, they wouldn't find him. They would not find him. And then he said that he was crying so much that he couldn't see out of his eyes. But suddenly outside he could hear footsteps on the gravel. And a light underneath the door of the cave. And in walks this angel. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be creating another door. <laughs> Through rock, that happened to me. But, I'm, you know, this. but he fell on his knees. William Branham fell on his knees. Do you know what the angel said to him? Do you want to hear it? <clears throat> if you get people to believe you and being sincere when you pray. In other words, believe what you're praying. Nothing shall stand before your prayers, not even cancer. And William Branham, I've listened to hundreds, hundreds of the, the healing lines. You can, get, you can download them, of the healing lines of this, this little insignificant guy who's up there. And he, he, he will, they, in those days, you would stand in the healing line or you would get a card. You'd write your name and what was wrong with you. And on that card, you would hope that your number would be called. And William Brandon would call, right, anybody with the numbers, 40 to 80, come and stand before me. And this almost killed him, by the way. This wasn't like he was, you know, he was drained, in it, and they literally had to carry him off the stage. And he would read the card, and he would say, in the name of Jesus, boom, and they were instantly, instantly healed. And here's one story. Do you want to hear it? A guy who's a newspaper reporter comes into the uh, healing, into this auditorium, tent meeting. He writes a fictitious name on there and he gives himself leukemia on the card. And he wanted to write and expose William Branham as a fraud. His name, his number, gets called. William Branham says, give me your card, sir. And he looks at the card and looks at him very intently. And he says, sir, the Holy Spirit of God has just told me this is not your name. But before you leave this building, what you've written on this page will be on your body. That's the fear of the Lord. And that guy left with leukemia and died of leukemia. Because he dared challenge the anointing of God on a man or a woman. And then T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne. I mean, I know that T.L. Osborne he recently died. He was a friend of Neville Johnson's, like a mentor. And uh, T.L. Osborne, he goes to India, becomes a, a missionary, and he went out there with all the word, the word, the word, but he had none of the power. 
And he came back with his, his, his lovely wife, Daisy, completely ready to give up ministry. Completely ready, saying, I've had it, I'm done with it, God isn't your blah, blah, blah. And Daisy said, hang on a sec, let's, let's uh, fast and pray about this. And then William Branham comes to town, and their church they're attending say, do not come and see this man. It's not of God. And they started dissing and damning, you know, William Branham's ministry. But, but Daisy said, I'm going. I'm going to go and see this man. The only person she could find in the church was an 83-year-old. He said, I don't care what people think. I'm too old for that. I'm coming too. And Daisy goes to the meeting of William Branham. And she comes running back and says, you are coming with me tomorrow night to see this man. T.L. Osborne goes along thinking nothing's going to happen. And then he sees this man who's just preaching a simple message. Suddenly sees Jesus enter into him. And he says the atmosphere changed. And he saw the miracles pouring out of him. <sighs> Don't you want that? But this, like the disciples, it will not leave you. This is coming. This is coming. This is coming. And as we know, T.L. Osborne went on to an amazing healing ministry. Amazing. One of the best ones, stories I know about T.L. Osborne is in, in Chile. He's in Chile and all these, these, they brought, he said to me, bring up 10 deaf people. And they bring up, do you mind me telling you all this? I'm just provoking you. I'm provoking, I'm putting faith into you. Do you see what I'm doing in the spirit? I'm putting faith into you because this is coming. And he says, bring me up 10 deaf people. They bring up 10 deaf people. And he says to the witch doctors, you do your thing. I'll give you however long you want, you do your thing. And so he lets these witch doctors do all their dancing and their potions and their waving of this and palms and all the rest of it and dancing and all the rest of it. Not one of them is healed. He, T.L. Osborne gets up and he says, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this deaf and dumb spirit and bing, every 10 people's ears pop open. Pop open. He goes to Cuba. Cuba when it was still in the Americans' hands. And he goes there, amazing how he gets into Cuba, amazing. But he goes there and the church reject him, totally reject him. The week that he leaves is the week it goes into communism. Wow. That's something, isn't it? And it's never been out of communism since. The next week, the Bay of Pigs broke out with Castro and he took control. And then we go into my favourite, because this, this, this launched the whole thing of William Branham in 1947-48. It launched the healing revival. Launched it, where you had people like Jack Coe, you know, with the biggest tent. He had 12, 20,000 people. You know, but they all went into this thing of competition. They started comparing the biggest lumps of cancer that fell off people, and they put it into bottles of um, chloride. You know, yeah, yeah, that word. And they would just say, look, mine's bigger than yours. And then Jack Coe would build the biggest tent meeting place and increase it by six inches so he could boast he had the biggest tent meeting. And then we had people like, um, oh, what's his name? Just, just. He's just recently died. Um, no, not Billy Graham. All Roberts, thank you, All Roberts. You want to hear the story about All Roberts? Right, All Roberts, here's a story. I mean, again, the healing lines. He was just, I've seen, I've seen the healing lines. Go on YouTube, 
People were being miraculously healed, miraculously healed by Oral Roberts. And then in the last time he did a public meeting, you can see him, a little boy comes up to him. And you can see Oral Roberts put his head down and start crying uncontrollably. The little boy was miraculously healed and Oral Roberts never hit the public stage again. Do you want to know why? And Oral Roberts didn't ever speak about this publicly until when he was near his death. He said that he heard the voice of God so clearly like it was somebody standing behind him saying, Oral, this is the last public display of my power in you with this little boy. And he went down and he said, why, Lord? He says, because you love the ministry more than you love me. And Oral Roberts from that moment on was never in the public ministry. Wow, why do you think the Lord's been showing me all of this? Because your character has got to match up with it. Wow, I've gone on. I've gone on. But my favorite is A.A. Allen. I could stand here and tell you story after story after story. But I'm going to finish now. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories of A.A. Allen. Do you want to hear them? For me, he was just a bundle of absolute energy. He would bounce on the stage. And, and you can listen to a guy called Shambok. Brother Shambok, who was A. a. Allen's right-hand man, give testimony. Can I give you one of the testimonies? Brother Shambok is telling that, that um, he's at a meeting and this woman comes up to him and says, Sir, I've been waiting for three days, three days for, you, for, the, for the man to pray for my child. Three days. So what's the matter with your child? She lists 24, 24 illnesses, major, major illnesses on this little boy. This little boy was blind, deaf, dumb. All his internal organs were malfunctioning. He had no feet. He had no genitals. He was completely just lying there. But this mother loved him. Loved him. And she had a last $40. And she said, Sir, I've spent $10 on petrol to get here. I've got $10 to go back. I've given everything. And I've got tomorrow got an appointment with the doctors that's going to cost me $5. And I've only got this amount left. Can you get your man to pray for me? Because Brother Shambok was taking the, 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 the mid-morning session. And he says, I guarantee you. That night, Brother, Shambok, uh, Brother Allen comes on the stage, all bouncing with energy. And he's turned around. And, he's, and, and Brother Shambok says, he'd never, ever heard him do this before. Never. He said, this is what I want. God's going to do some amazing things. And he wasn't after anybody's money. But he said, give your best to God now. Come and give it. And they had big buckets right at the front. And, you know, and, and this woman was the first out, running down, sprinting down the aisle, and throws everything she's got into that bucket. And Brother Shambok goes, oh, Lord, please, make sure the man sees this woman. He had it all set up. And then he goes, A. Allen goes into a vision. And he says, I'm in a vision. I'm in a vision. And he starts saying, I'm, I'm, I'm outside a big, big white building. It's a hospital. And I go up this ward, and it's ward C. And the room that we're in is room 8. And I see all these doctors around. Uh, oh, I'm in a maternity unit. There, well, I'm, there's lots of babies 
and all the doctors around this thing and they're discussing about this baby and it's got five, seven, eight, 24 major illnesses on his body and he starts telling him what he's seeing in the vision. He says, and I see somebody getting, I see a woman now getting into a car and she puts this baby into a car and the doctor said, he won't live past his fourth birthday. And I see this woman carrying this baby in and oh my word, she's crossed and she's in Alabama. She's outside this building. Bring me that boy! And they bring, she brings up this boy in a complete basket and they answers I rebuke you devil you get off this boy and suddenly as he's rebuking the devil he sees a light coming over this little boy and this light goes down like a, an invisible and as it goes down the eyes pop open didn't have eyes the ears come pop open and then as it's going down you could heal you could hear the bones straightening and crunching and cracking and literally extending out. You can see this happening and then it goes right the way down. His genitals, you know, all come. And the last thing he sees is this. He sees the light at the bottom of this boy's feet and he sees, sees like clay being fashioned and formed on the bottom of that four-year-old's feet. Boom! And there was a woman that Paul Keith has met that was in that meeting she took a photograph of that meeting where they see, the, don't forget this four-year-old has never heard, never seen its mother. And you see she's got the photograph of this little boy running across the stage going, Mommy! Come on. I've got hundreds of these stories. Hundred. Last one. Last one. Promise you. This woman, she's got the most horrendous burns, 70% of her body is burnt. There is no skin, there is no nothing. They bring her in to A. A. Allen meeting and his son, Paul, is filming this. And he turns to his son, Paul, and says, you get this, you get this. So Paul focuses on, and she is in so much pain that they, they can't lay sheets on her body because it's just a, a lump of weeping meat. They can't put the sheets on her. So she's got like a thing over her. And he says, watch this, what the Lord is going to do. He throws back the sheet. And because the camera is on the body, Paul is so incredibly shocked at the state of this woman, he falls off the stage and knocks himself out. Knocks himself out. And A. Allen prays for this lady. And again, this thing goes down her body. And the skin just starts growing all the way back. I'm not even halfway through my message. But folks, this is coming to us. This is coming to us when we start living out of the spirit realm rather than this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's where the battle is happening. In each and every one of us, this is where our battle is. Is here. Some of you don't believe us. Some of you are struggling to believe this. But guess what? I don't. Because I see it in the spirit. I see it in the spirit. I see body parts coming. I see people without legs going to have legs growing. You're going to have soldiers. I'm, I'm telling you this. There's a the soldier going to come in. He's going to be missing an arm and two legs. And he's going to get an arm and two legs from the Lord. And then he will believe. And then he will become a raging evangelist. And then he will run out. And then he will show the goodness of God in the land of the living. <gasps> Come on, folks. Yes. So, Father, I pray now. 
Lord, let us have a baptism of fire. Give us a baptism of fire like we've never had before. And I'm going to show you in the next talk how we get this. How we operate out of the spirit rather than operate out of the soul. How many people want that? Because folks, I want this more. It's coming. This is coming. I believe this is on all. It's, it's, it's here. It's at our door. So, Father, I pray now, give us a baptism of your Holy Spirit. Give us an encounter with you, Holy Spirit, where you zap the soul and you connect with our spirits. And our spirit that is in us grows incredibly, incredibly, just grow. And that we mature into the things of you, Father. That we mature and we start doing the greater works. Because that's what your word says. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Holy Spirit, now we love you. And we ask you now, come and fill us with your fire. Come and fill us with the fire that never leaves us. Come and fill us with the fire that won't be separated from us and come off us. But Lord, come and rest in us and on us. We have your character. We have your DNA in us. The same spirit that raised you, Jesus, from the dead is in us. And Lord, I pray now, let us connect with that spirit. Let us connect with that spirit like we've never connected with it before. And Father, I have just rebuke every demonic entity in this room that is on our bodies with I rebuke it I rebuke it off you Phil in the name of Jesus I rebuke it off you get out you're not not you the spirits get out get out put belief in them put faith in them father for this I just want to say to somebody here do not let your past spoil what God is going to be doing in your future Do not let your past, don't hang on to your past, but step into the future with this of God. Ask God to deal with that. And I speak to a woman where a man has done something horrible to you. Forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, and step into the new things that God has for you today. I ask this in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray now, let us all start learning how to live in the Spirit rather than out of our souls and our flesh. But Lord, let the healing anointing arise in us, a fire, where everybody that comes into this place is set free from the things of the enemy, in sickness, in body, mind, and in spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Can I ask you, please, to contend for this? This just absolutely contend in this for us as a group. Because, listen, I keep telling you, it isn't going to be just me. But also, please, pray for the fire of God to rest in us and on us, in this building, on this place, on us as individuals. But also, please pray for the release of finance. This is going to take millions. Millions. We need to get a training in the equipping center. So when we get the influx of hundreds and thousands of people, we've got somewhere to go to train and equip them in the things of God. We need, we need buildings. We're going to need warehouses. We're going to need all of this infrastructure before this starts happening. So I pray, Lord, release the finances on us. Amen. Release the finances, Lord, so that not one of us is struggling. 
that, Lord, we're not having to take from the people, but, Lord, you will provide. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go for it, yes? You're going to pray in the upper room. Wherever you are, you're going to pray for this. Lord, help me to walk in the spirit. Help me to see in that spirit realm. Help me to dwell and live in that spirit realm. But Lord, come and have your resting of your power, of your fire in me. Because it's coming. Yes? Yes. God bless you.